Hi, you're listening to BTS Podcast. This is your host, Lene Cook. And on this episode of BTS Podcast, I am sitting down with Walter Powell. He is one of the founders of Politoscope, which is an app that lets you explore the various pros and cons associated with different things that you are voting on. We dig into what he does, what Politoscope does, and how being in the NFL prepared or didn't prepare him for being a tech founder. I really enjoyed speaking to Walter, and I just want to give a quick shout out to both Twitter, uh, first off, because it was at the Twitter house that Walter and I met at South by Southwest, and secondly to Caitlin Angeloff. Angeloff, God, I can never get her name right, but Caitlin is great. We met when she was a client of mine, when she was at DocuSign, and now she is in healthcare, and I am just super grateful for her friendship and mentorship and also for taking me to the Twitter house at South By with her. This episode of BTS Podcast and all of the South By Southwest episodes of BTS Podcast are made possible in partnership with Trendscaping. Trendscaping is a really excellent community where you can share and learn and just consume various types of insights. One thing that I love about Trendscaping is that you do not need to be in a major metropolitan area or like at the you know forefront of your expertise to contribute. They're really great at sharing a variety of insights from a variety of perspectives and places. One thing that I love is their 2019 trends. They give really great shout outs and explanations to the meaning of side helpful versus side hustle, which I think we've talked about a lot over the years, um, but kind of shedding some light on the idea of side helpful and what that means. They talk about the circular economy, and I have been lucky enough to contribute a few times, um, specifically, typically around experiential type stuff and different partnerships, and then especially with this podcast. So please do go to trendscaping.com, subscribe to their newsletter, see if you're interested in contributing. Um, It's really fun to contribute. I really enjoy it, and it's an excellent outlet when you are not quite ready to start your own site and want to be a part of a community where you can give and take and and just, yeah, it's great. I love it. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn to get a taste of the type of content they share. I've been sort of playing around with this idea of sharing different things that I have done to improve my productivity and overall wellness. And one thing I wanted to bring up is Insight Timer. I think perhaps I've spoken about it on other episodes. Um, And I know that getting started with something like Insight Timer can just be a little bit overwhelming because there are so many options. So I just want to give a quick shout to some of my favorite courses. These include Your Guide to Deeper Sleeping. This is not necessarily for you to fall asleep to, though I do fall asleep to it. It kind of just offers some great thinking and different perspectives on sleep and the importance of sleep, as well as not getting too riled up about the idea of sleep. Um, I also really like Unlock Your Human Potential. This is um, a little bit heady. I recommend maybe listening to um, each course a few times if you feel like you're missing some, but I found it really helpful and I get something out of it every time I listen to it, especially if maybe you're in an altered uh, state of mind, which uh, is also an option. Uh, especially, you know, perhaps legally, depending on what state you're in. Um, So those two are great, as well as learning how to love. I have worked through some of my own neuroses about um, how I show up in relationships, whether those are friendships or romantic relationships, and the art of timefulness. This one has been great in just sort of shifting perspectives around time and making better use of your day. One thing that I love is that there's the idea that for each 
for each minute of meditation, you add on an additional minute to your life. So don't think about meditation as sort of like this thing that takes up all this time. It actually helps give you time back in your day. Uh, Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey talk about this quite a bit, as well as several experts in meditation and wellness across the globe. If you want to support this podcast, um, please do subscribe, rate, and review. Do that anyways, even if you don't really want to support this podcast. If you want to support this podcast and support yourself, I highly recommend checking out the following services and using my promo codes. I do not plug any service that I don't actually use and love, so let me dive in. If you like massages, I am a huge fan of Soothe. They provide in-home massages, and you can use code LZLRZ to save on your first massage. You can book a variety of time frames from 60 minutes to 120. You can do deep tissue, sport massage, prenatal. You can also book couple massages, and they are available in most major cities. I also recommend Hotel Tonight for all you travelers out there, which uh, presumably is almost everyone. At some point, we all end up traveling. Hotel Tonight has excellent hotels at very reasonable rates across the world. I've used it for many years, and the more you book with them, the more discounts you get. They also have an excellent in-app concierge. Uh, one of my personal preferences is to request a room with a bathtub. You can use lcook61 at checkout to save on your first booking. And last but not least, I would like to recommend breather rooms. So breather rooms allow you, or I guess breather, um, breather is the app, rooms is what you can book, allow you to book different meeting rooms and conference rooms for your meeting and conference room needs. These are great for small meetings or recording your own podcast or offsites. Just a really great way to find office space that is not a long-term commitment. You can use code Lynae, L-Y-N-A-E on your first booking to save. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Walter. He's great. He was in the NFL for several years before starting Politoscope, and I just got a lot out of this conversation, especially as somebody who, uh, you know, has never played a sport themselves, which you'll hear all about sort of for a millisecond. Um, but he also shared his preferences around meditation and his path to what he's doing now, as well as how he and his team work together and his hopes for a Politoscope. What they're doing is really admirable and he's just a really great person. So enjoy the episode and please let us know what you think. Hey, what's up? Welcome to BTS Podcast. This is your host, Lene Cook, and I am here with Walter Powell. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hello. Uh, so a brief intro on Walter, even though you probably already heard the intro that's going to go before this actual interview. Um, Walter is the co-founder co of Politoscope which is a really incredible app. If you are not driving, please do go download it so you understand what we're talking about toward the uh, middle to end of this episode. But he was in the NFL uh, mm -hmm. for four years, is that right? Yep, four years. Okay, and then you left the NFL to work on this. Is that accurate? That is 100% accurate. Ah, thank goodness you didn't lie in your other interviews that I listened to <laughs> before this. <laughs> So Politoscope is a really incredible app, and in fact, it is like the exact thing that during the 2016 election, I, I was a part of this group called Artists for Progress. We organized art shows to auction off art to raise money for organizations that were fighting the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. So we were raising money for the ACLU, Northwest Immigrant Rights Project, and several other nonprofits. 
Um, and in those conversations, I was regularly saying, like, why can we not look at these bills, see what the pros and cons are? Why can we not look and see what pol- politicians are standing for? And then I was fortunate enough to meet Walter at the Twitter house. Shout out to Twitter um, for a good time at South by Southwest. And Walter and I met and I later found out that he has this app that does exactly what I dreamed of. <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> they do. And I didn't have to lift a damn finger. Right. So Just thank you, sir. Oh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think let's start off, I guess, at like the sort of like the pre-genesis of Politoscope. I think, um, you know, I have a lot of friends and have seen obviously the careers of athletes that I'm a fan of go from being professional athletes and then, you know, sometimes having really successful businesses afterward and sometimes sort of floundering Mm -hmm. and um, not really knowing what to do or being misguided by people who are, it's a bit of like a blind leading the blind situation. (laughs) Um, How do you, how did your experience in the NFL prepare or not prepare you for what you're doing now? Well, it definitely prepared me for is just having, just being able to, to establish a culture inside of a company and just be able to, just having that team, just just loving team camaraderie and just things we can get accomplished together. Just uh, the things we've done, it was a, the things I've done in football were easily uh, able to transfer over into the business world just because um, I'm a people's person. And I feel like playing football, you got to be a people's person to a certain extent because you play with, you know, 11 or 10 other guys on the field or 53 guys on the team. So you have to be somewhat, you know, uh, social and just be able to just uh, adapt in that environment. So it definitely was a, wasn't hard really transferring over because it's like it's just like a, a game of, you know, pickup football. You're just picking people on your team that best fits, that will best help you, you know, get a victory or, you know, get, get a goal accomplished. And it was just easy to really just uh, take what I've learned in football to take it over into the business world and pick – the other co-founders and the employees we have, you know, of Politoscope. That makes a lot of, I hadn't really thought about it. That, so I've never played a sport mm-hmm. ever. It's horrible. I Team know. sports is awesome. Well, they seem great, you know, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I never really thought about, I guess I'd thought about it from a teamwork perspective, but I think what's cool about what you just said is that, you know, like similar with what did you what position did you play in football? Receiver, wide receiver. So okay. I, I catch the ball. Thank you for <laughs> defining that because I would have just nodded my head and He's go like, like I, I guess okay. you're catching stuff. That yeah. sounds right. <laughs> um, and like, you know, presumably when you have that position, you can then recognize that like you're not the right person to be the quarterback or you're not the right person to play tight end. Like, exactly. You know that, and I think that is very different than a lot of people the way they approach entrepreneurship. A lot of new entrepreneurs will start and feel like they have to be good at everything mm-hmm. um, or or be threatened by people who are better at something that isn't their strong suit versus seeing that as a compliment. Right. Because I, I'd like to see, you know, look at my weaknesses, as, you know, as a, a strength for the team because where I falter or somebody else falter, that's somebody else's strength on our team. So it just works in one perfect cycle of us being each other's crutches. You know, uh, so it's a... Uh, I definitely find value in weaknesses because, you know, uh, I mean, we all have weaknesses. So just being able to find somebody compatible with it, whether whether it's a relationship or uh, a company, finding people just best fits into what you're doing. It, I mean, it just it's beautiful. 
So what I imagine though that the uh that your life being an athlete may not have prepared you for is being like really because I have noticed just mm-hmm. in our communication even planning this mm-hmm. that you're very good at just general communication yeah and definitely like a lot of um sort of like I mean I listened to this interview um do you know who Open Mike Eagle is Open Mike think i've heard him he's a rapper he's great he yeah. also is on the show um the new negroes on comedy central oh, okay 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 he's great and one of the things i heard him say in an interview and i think we even talked about at south by was how his sort of professional life gave him an advantage as an artist because he was able as an artist to be like one of the few artists who had good like organizational and email skills mm-hmm. <laughs> how did you develop those i mean i've always just been an entrepreneur at heart and just you know I always thought about, you know, if I did have a business, you know, just, I mean, I treat, you know, football as a business. My body was a business, you know, keeping up with it, making sure I eat the right stuff, make sure, you know, I'm, you know, uh, just being conscious of what, of what I put in my body, but as well as, you know, just staying fit. So, um, just trying to, I mean, staying organized. I feel like you gotta be as an, as an athlete to a certain extent. Cause I mean, you gotta learn plays, you got a playbook, you know, you can't have it have your homework all over the place in your book bag or else you're not going to know the place. But it's like uh, just organization is definitely uh, needed. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, and then is there anything that you wish the NFL would have like better supported players in terms of managing finances or just like general financial education? I definitely think they should have like have just put more initiative in just uh, bringing financial liter- literacy uh, for athletes and in a way like you know making it giving them incentives like okay if you you know put away this much this year we'll give you x amount even though they already have something like it but it can always be like 10 times better especially the how much they getting off of us off our money on the back yeah. end so it's like just have give more call the calls to action to save your money mm-hmm. so it's uh i mean i definitely feel like more thought and money can get put into that sector of financials for athletes so uh yeah that makes a lot of sense um so then i guess how while you were playing football you know um i imagine and from what i've seen from you know just having other friends who are playing sports professionally whether that's like basketball or like more traditional sort of sports mm-hmm. or action sports Uh, I imagine a lot of like business opportunities come your way where people want you to invest in something or they want you to partner with them on something Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, How did you navigate those? And then how did you, I guess, how did you just sort of navigate what was a good opportunity and what wasn't and what you wanted to be doing? Well, first thing I um, give credit to my older brother because he played in the NFL. So he kind of like experienced a lot of that stuff firsthand. So when it came to me, it was, you know, it was... uh, no surprise so Mm. he just definitely just gave me the knowledge and discernment to see you know what's legit what's not and just being able to go to him and other people as mentors to educate me on stuff I don't know nothing about because I feel like that's the most ignorant I mean that's that's it's pretty uh yeah it's definitely pretty ignorant if you go into a situation just blind blindly not knowing oh yeah I'm gonna put my money into like got to do some your, your due diligence and it's i mean it's a must or she's just gonna be it's gonna be a 50 50 chance so high risk yeah and you know even even business professionals get duped by a good pitch deck oh yeah all the time Shoot. <laughs> regularly right um and so that is a really difficult thing to navigate one thing so my dad is a uh he's an mba professor and he teaches 
finance courses and economics. And one thing that he says that I love and that I try to remind myself of regularly, mm-hmm. if that anybody is rushing you, it's probably not a good idea. Right. And that's the truth. Cause it's like, why are you, why are you rushing me? Like if, it, if it's going to last, it's going to last. Like, so yeah. there's no need to, you know, rush me out my money. Uh, I love that. So then I guess for you leaving, because leaving the NFL was your choice, you weren't just like thrown out into like this world of not knowing what to do. Right. Definitely could have still been playing if I chose to. Uh, How did you sort of, did you feel like you needed to manage your emotions and sort of like that identity switch of going from um, a world of being a professional athlete to being an entrepreneur? Um, And how did you, I don't know, that's, that can be really hard on some people. How was that for you? Like for me, just because I was just so, like with the I was so confident about the product with the with the tool Politoscope that I created, I was so confident in it, and I could see the longevity of it. It outweighed, you know, my football career, which is probably probably gonna be up in another year or so. So, you know, uh, just being able to see the longevity and be mature about a situation, because a lot of people look at, you know, uh, football at a surface level, and just oh, I'm a, I'm gonna play play forever ball is life when it's really deeper than that and I feel like you need to use you know whatever professional platform you're at to develop connections with people and develop just uh you know plan b's and plan c's based off of the people you're connected to and the new the new stuff you learn so it's definitely um it's definitely um dang I forgot where we was going with that <laughs> I was I was on a roll with it I was like Hold on, what was the what was the main question? <laughs> I guess the main question was just managing your own um, emotions and identity stuff, and then also like, okay, I think about I don't know if you heard this interview with Terry Crews. One thing I loved is that he talked about just the shock for him mm-hmm. after he was not playing football anymore, and he went to go sign up at a gym. Have you heard that interview with him? Oh no, <laughs> it's so great. And he's like, okay, well, I would like a membership, and they were like, that's great, Mr. Cruz. It'll be thirty five dollars a month. And he was like, I don't think you understand. I want to work out here. And they were like, that's great. It'll be $35 a month. And he was just so used to, mm. like, you know, everyone seeing him different as an athlete. And then when you're not that anymore, it's A, you know, people perceive you differently. And B, I imagine there's some people in your life that sort of, you know, aren't as present as they were yeah. a year ago. No, I agree. People are definitely looking at me. Uh, and just to... Just going to your first point, uh, it's definitely, you know, a life changer, just especially with just how people perceive you not playing football. So it's definitely like a it's a wake up call, like, you know, welcome to reality. You know, uh, you know, you, you want the norms now. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it, I mean, it's, it's definitely like. OK, but just like I really seen past that to not really let it get to me mm-hmm. because I see what I have with Politoscope and, you know, just getting way more, you know, TV time individually than I would, you know, playing on a team, you know, so it's uh, definitely just doing something that can actually make, create change in the world, like in a, in a positive way, just by educating people, Mm -hmm. giving some, giving people a tool to easily become just informed about things. And just football was more so just your entertainment. But if I could leave you with a lasting effect of this tool I gave you that gives you knowledge on a day-to-day basis, I feel like I've, fulfilled a major purpose in this life and creating a creating a tool that people need i was gonna ask this later but i feel like we've sort of like scratched the surface of it here i guess the question is like what about the way you were raised a made you incredibly level-headed because Mm -hmm. all of these are things that like a lot of people just 
you know, their egos get all, like, they don't give themselves enough headspace to think about this stuff and be mm-hmm. logical. Their egos get, like, very spun out over, you know, being perceived a certain way and all this kind of attention. So that's, like, one part. And then the other part is... Social responsibility for most people, whether that's in their own lives or in the way that they build a company, is often an afterthought. Mm. Um, So what do you think it was about either the way you were raised and or your education that caused you to be level-headed and also see that you can have a business that also makes the world a better place? Well, it's more so um, just the stuff I experienced. Okay. Like, like instead of just, uh, you know, I was raised pretty good, you know mom was a great example but just more so the things that i've experienced that really just shaped the way i maneuver compared to how other people maneuver in just situations where i had to you know be you know level-headed or you know you know could have cost me my life you know so it's just uh i feel like for me just um the things i experienced all the way from as a kid all the way to till now it just makes me level-headed and mature and I feel like for people to get to that level, they have to um, kill their ego, kill their pride. And I feel like I did that probably like um, two years ago. That How did you do that? Just because um, that's a journey I've been on. Yeah. For a while, so I'm very curious. It's um, just when you at the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. just from a mental, emotional standpoint, it's like um, things got to change. Like you got to put. Especially if people, you know, done wrong by you, mm-hmm. like you got to put the, your pride and ego to the side and be mature enough to see the situation for what it is, but at the same time, be able to forgive for whatever that situation was. And I had to push my pride and ego to the side to see it for what it was, to take that leap of maturity into uh, this level-headedness. Is there any, are there any like books or things that you listened to or went to or anything that you would recommend other people uh, sort of absorb to help with that? I definitely think a book that really opened my eyes just about just being level-headed and just understanding people and how they react and just human beings in itself was this book called Outwitting the Devil Hmm. by Napoleon Hill. Or it was either Napoleon Hill or Neville Goddard, because I read all the, I have all their books, so mm-hmm. I just sometimes get them mixed up. But fair, um, yes, outwitting the devil. It's not, it's not um, specifically spiritual. It's more so just the idea of the devil and just somebody having an interview with the devil and just seeing how he he can't lie to you, so he has to, the dude has to cleverly uh, ask questions to get him to expose how humans react and how easily they're manipulated due to, you know, pride and ego and what they're taught as kids and just the stuff they listen to and the stuff they put in their body. So it's pretty, it's a pretty interesting book and really gives you a bird's eye perspective of, you know, yourself. Have you listened to interviews with Robert Greene, the guy who wrote Laws of Power? No, I haven't. Have you read his book, Laws of Power? No, I haven't. I've Probably, I think I is it like a blue cover or a red cover? It's like an orangish, okay, typically. Okay. It might be blue also. I imagine it comes okay. in more than just one. Okay. You know, but I, I only ask because I think a lot of people who go down the Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, like that mm-hmm. way, also read Laws of Power. But what I thought was cool about interviews with him is that he talks about how he didn't write that book as a guide of how to live. It was to make you aware, which 
honestly, I don't know how true that is from his perspective. Mm. You know, like that could also just be him knowing that it's inappropriate to tell people to live that way. Because the book, the book can like honestly really mess with your head in a way where Mm. it can make you suspicious of almost everything because you're always wondering like kind of like, oh, is this person flexing their power on me right now? So I've had to back (laughs) away from it a little bit. Because I used to work with a lot of people who were very into it. And Mm -hmm. so everything I did for a while Mm -hmm. um, and every sort of communication form I received, I was always wondering, like, oh, what's this person? And then I was like, I can't live this way. (laughs) This is is not healthy. No, I can't do this. I got to stop. And what I I tell people a lot of times, because part of uh, killing your ego, too, I think a lot of people's ego... Uh, gets impacted when people don't behave the way they think they should behave. And a big part of it is realizing um, that, like, nobody cares about our lives except for us, really. Mm -hmm. You know, like our parents do and stuff. But but we're really in charge of that. And so the idea that somebody else is waking up going, like, hey, how can I mess up Walt's day today? Mm -hmm. Like, don't give yourself that much credit. You know, like, (laughs) that person's just doing what they want. And that's just not (laughs) what you had in mind. Um... And are there any other sort of reading reading or maybe audiobooks or podcasts that you listen to or conferences you went to that really impacted the way that you, um, in terms of ego stuff, uh, have thought? I definitely, uh, besides books, I mean, I recommend all Napoleon Hill and uh, uh, Neville Goddard books. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just on the, the book also that came to mind is Power of, Aware- of Awareness, and that's by uh, one of the two. Like, but no, it's, I mean, it's a great book just about awareness, but definitely, uh, one thing that really helped me kill pride and ego is meditating and praying a lot of meditating and prayer, but just those two are just a great combination of, uh, just really putting you in a place to be calm and just really just, um, just, uh, expose a different side to you. And when you're able to grasp that and able to understand it and able to, use it in a positive way i mean it's it's a great uh it's a great ability to learn what was your meditation journey like what kind of kicked this off and what helped you get i mean do you use apps now and what sort of was that trajectory well it started um i was just going through a lot about a year and a half ago and i was you know i woke up super early in the morning it was like four in the morning and you know something told me to just close my eyes and meditate i was just sitting up and then I just uh, started meditating, and I was, and it was just for five minutes. But it was just like, like y'all have never sat still and just been present like that ever before in my life. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try this for two weeks, five minutes. Then every two weeks, go up, go up five minutes. And it's a very uh, strategic approach to meditation. Yeah, and it was. I mean, also was, very logical. Yeah, definitely. Because I just had with that. It was. It was. It was a. Uh, untracked you know territory so i had to just tread lightly but uh i went into of course guided meditation mm-hmm. but then I, I loved listening to um like a nature meditation then i started listening to uh beethoven meditation then of course you know did silent med- meditation but then i fell upon uh frequency meditation as far as playing like 432 hertz 5 528 hertz and you know 417 hertz just just hearing those frequencies with a tune, it was, it was, uh, it got me. That's that's what I still use to meditate, but it definitely uh, it put me just uh in a good place. Do you use YouTube or do you use an app or what do you use? Um, I use a, I use a, 
Apple Music. So okay. you can type in like 432 hertz and a whole bunch of playlists come with oh, that's awesome. all different frequent, all different hertz. Uh, so yeah, that's it's, it's pretty good. That's really cool. Uh, switching gears a little bit, I imagine you've had, well, actually, what did you go to school for? Uh, marketing. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so you had definitely a background already. Yeah, I had dippled and dabbed in it a little bit. So yeah, I mean, uh, did you intern at all? Nah, no. I was just, no time. Know, in college, Sports. I was just ball, ball is long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what has your approach to mentorship been? And whether that's, uh, well, actually, no, we didn't answer the other part of the previous question. Mm-hmm. What about your upbringing um, or education or life in general, I guess, uh, impacted you to integrate social responsibility into your business model? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I ask that mm-hmm. because so many people do it as an afterthought. They're like, oh, yeah, someday when I have money, I'll yeah. help people. Or here's my business model. And, like, mind you, a lot of business models are inherently problematic. Like, they're sourcing mm-hmm. from uh, unethical places mm-hmm. or, you know, their supply chain is unethical and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but then here we'll make up for it by doing this over here. Yeah. Versus your business model is both profitable and then also... Uh, makes the world a better place inherently. And you also, in addition to Politoscope, Walter, you own property in St. Louis, is that correct? Yeah, Where you, like, make into housing for veterans? Yeah, so uh, at the time I was was renting out homes, renovating them, and housing uh, veterans. So it was uh, was definitely a a good experience just dipping over into the real estate world. But um, but in a positive way. In a positive way, and just me, just being who I am as a person, like I feel like if you always got money first, it like just runs from you. And just me being a helping person and always wanting to help and have compassion for people, and at the same time help myself. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as being informed, because I was a person who was struggling with just wanting to, you know, look into politics and see what's going on because it was just too convoluted. It was too you know, bias, you know, and mm-hmm. just all over the place. And it was trash. And I'm like, dang, I want something that's going to be able to help me elevate my mind and also help others as well. Yeah. And that's where the division the, the of Politoscope came. Was, uh, but, but besides that, like, my best friend and co-founder, Jay, I mean, he's the political junkie who always was breaking down politics to me into a way that I can understand. So it was... Um, it was kind of him that helped uh, spark that idea of creating it. Because I can't, you know, there's times, you know, I can't just call him up and be like, Jay, so break this down for me. I, I need it quick and fast because sometimes he can be long-winded. So <laughs> I, That is accurate. I listened to other interviews that you both were on. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, I mean, long-winded because valid. Like, there's yeah, a lot of information to be shared. Of, yeah, just a lot of validity in what he's saying. But he just, he drops, he drops knowledge. He's like, uh a modern cool ass uh history teacher because yeah. even though he even though he's breaking down history and breaking down bills for you like he just he has his presence to him where you just want to s- sit and just keep listening and keep yeah. watching him because and, he cares about it exactly. obviously it's not shared in like bullet point formations and mm-hmm. i i definitely recommend i can't remember what the name of the other podcast that you two were on but you were mm-hmm. on a different podcast um, that was, I think, about an hour long that mm-hmm. I listened to in preparation for this interview. And uh, he just shared a lot of really great points and information and just different perspectives 
that can really shift the way you, that you think about things. Because exactly. even if we have the information, sometimes we don't know what those implications are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like an example that I think of often is how during the bubonic plague, the government said, okay, well then, you know, rats are spreading this. If you bring us dead rats, we'll give you money. Well, then people started breeding rats. <laughs> right? So like you just don't know the implications of stuff. Right. Like what you think a certain rule is going to do versus what people actually do. Yeah. Because people, you know, even people that we might not think are that smart are smart in a way. Like yeah. we all have survival skills. That's how we live. Exactly. Um. So then, okay, that sort of answers the question, yeah, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, just a little bit. Because Jay, like, most people know political information is such a surface level. Mm-hmm. But Jay, he peels it back in layers. And then he, you know, scatters them all over all over the floor. And then he'll piece them back together for you so that you can see it from beginning to where it is currently. Which is just dope how he just works his way around. He's like, I mean, how he teaches, uh, like, he's like an artist. Like, yeah. not he's not painting anything, but he's teaching something. It's like... It's like it gives off a story storyteller feel as well. What's it called? Oratorial art or something? Like you're good hmm. at you know it yeah, like storytelling. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely gonna yeah, I'm gonna tell him like, bro, you you're good at oratorial art. <laughs> you should tell him so. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so let him roll his eyes at you. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so how have you gone about finding mentors and uh, growing to, you know, feel confident in what you're doing? I mean, I just treat it as anything I treated in football. Like, if I wanted to get better, I had to surround myself around guys who are better than me and guys who have been around, been in the game, and know how to, you know, just be the best at what they what they do. So I just definitely um, – and then it helped, you know, having my brother because he definitely told me, you know, get mentors and people who know what you don't know. What and a nice brother. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a great guy. Just super, super awesome dude. But he definitely just wanted to make sure I didn't repeat some of the mistakes he did. So. Yeah. But uh, he definitely just uh, surround helped surround me around the right people as well, mentors, uncles, coaches, and then it just rolled over into just this next area of my life. Like you know, all right, I'm in the tech world, so I needed to find a tech mentor, mm-hmm. and then a tech into. And how did you do that? Uh, through my brother. <laughs> like he's. <laughs> Is I mean, he in tech also? He's a he's a he's a he's a he's an entrepreneur. He has uh, his own magazine called Kingdom Magazine. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a it's a male spiritual magazine just for uplifting, just to be a, a better man for the household and just. Oh, mean, so this also explains why it occurred to you to meditate. You didn't just I don't know or think of meditation. Like your well, brother's obviously aware and into that kind oh, of thing. Oh yeah, no, he, he's definitely he's <laughs> super uh, very spiritual guy, definitely a uh, godly man, and he just always spoke just spiritual life into me. Once, you know, he was able to get a grasp of it. So uh, he's definitely just been a key factor in my life and everything I've been doing. But he introduced me to who is currently my CEO as well. Mm-hmm. So just being surrounded. What's his name? Israel Lopez. Okay. One of the smartest, best tech guys out there. And this name is, I'm telling you, it's going to go down in history. Because he just, I mean, he's just what he does for people and how he wants to help. This, the things he do is all from a, a helping, uh, with a, from a helping heart. Mm-hmm. And he's just uh, been super great, just helping his company take, you know, take it to the next level. That's awesome. Thanks, Israel. What's your brother's name? Brandon. Brandon Williams. Bravo, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, how? Speaking of your co-founder, how do you and your co-founders divide and conquer 
everything that you do. So we all like, I feel like we like the Justice League because everybody got their own superpowers. Like <laughs> for Izzy, he's the he's the technical guy on the back end. So he's making sure, you know, all the employees are getting things done. And like he just handles everything on the back end. If you think about a, a robot, he, he's the he's the body. And then, you know, Jay is is the brains far as him being just smart. He taught himself Spanish in like under eight months, like super fluent, just intelligent guy. So he is like the brains of just getting the content, breaking down bills, and uh, just uh, keeping this keeping this machine going. And me, I'm like I'm like the spirit, like because I attract just the right people into our circle for us to help take Politiscope to the next level, but as well as just uh, just uh, amplify the mission and vision of Politiscope so that and break it down to people so they can see it from the way I see it, you know. So it's a uh, it's a great group of guys, and just we all know how to definitely uh, work a room. And how do you guys, uh, like what are some communication tools you've either put in place or developed to keep up to speed on what everyone's doing? Because I imagine, you know, it seems like you and perhaps Jay also, you both do speaking opportunities and stuff like that but then you also have your responsibilities to the company. Mm-hmm. How do you sort of divide and conquer? Not only, I mean, tasks seems more obvious because mm-hmm. you all have different functions, but it seems like you all have a hand also in like PR and doing outreach and that sort of stuff. How do you guys manage that and also keep each other abreast to everything that's going on? Yeah, as far as anything PR, like branding wise, like I'm with my, with our, we have a PR for the company as well. But I'm like an agency. Yeah. Okay. Priscilla Bento. Awesome. Thirty miles north out in LA. But uh, she's uh, she's definitely me and her been working hand in hand to really make sure things on the media side, um, just uh, exposure side, just really help take things uh, just a different direction than me doing it by myself. So mm-hmm. she's definitely been a great part of the company, and uh, yeah. Okay. And then how do you how do you manage your own time? I manage my own time. I feel like I do it pretty, pretty well. Just because I mean I have to, even though I'm not playing football and it's not as as strict. I still try to treat it the same way. Just because, like, I still need to maintain a sound mind, body, and spirit. So that means I do have to get up and get up early and meditate and work out and then you know start the day and then you know just so it definitely gives me a lot of more lot a lot more time for self care. But at the same time, still interact with a lot of people. So uh, just having a set regimen is a uh, super key for me. Do you guys all work remotely? Yeah, right. Currently, we all work work remotely. Well, far as me and Jay, we work from work from home, which is a plus. Are you guys Love roommates? That. Yeah. Okay. So and Izzy, he manages our office in Wisconsin. So up there, we got seven employees. Oh, so okay. That's where the home base is. So then but, uh, do you guys use Slack or something to all keep yeah. in touch? Oh, yeah. Or what yeah. We, do use, you? we use Slack. We use Zoom. Like, those are the main two right there. Okay. Group text depends on the conversation. But, yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. One thing I love. So uh, one another guest, Karen, she is the co-founder of a company called Tonal. Mm-hmm. Do you Have you heard of them? Tonal, the workout machine? No. Tonal, like T-O-N-L. So it's okay. stock photography, but prioritizing diversity in stock photography. Mm. And she and her co-founder 
she's best friends with her co-founder's now wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she and her co-founder are also friends. So mm-hmm. one thing that I love that they did was they kept all business communication in Slack or email mm-hmm. and then all personal communication in text, mm-hmm. which I love for just like yeah. having some sort of boundaries in place. It definitely works perfect because, I mean, sometimes, you know, we do get a little overexcited and, you know, text each other some business stuff in text just because I feel like it's quicker at times. But Yeah. But yeah, we try to keep it separate. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so about the app, one of the one thing that I love that you said in a previous interview is that your goal with Politoscope is to be the most trustworthy source, mm-hmm. which I love because it's really focusing on being worthy of trust, not just you know being trusted because yeah. those are two very different things. What are some like checks and balances that you guys are putting in place as you scale? to like maintain you know being trustworthy so far as our uh our terms uh our terms policy we try to you know really express to everybody that you know uh we really keeping everything super non-biased and that you know we're getting we're sourcing everything from like over a hundred um over a hundred websites mm-hmm. and for breaking down information getting it all from the top top three to five uh government accredited sites Mm-hmm. To keep everything super, just uh, super objective, mm-hmm. and we just we just lay it there for you, and basically we just we cooking we cooking something for you, and we put it in front of you. Either you're gonna eat it or not, but you you, <laughs> you sound like my dad. Like it's like that's how you know that's how uh, that's how simple it is. Not simple, but that's how that's just how it is. Like we give you the information, you know, uh, and just let you decide what you want to do with it. But the facts are the facts, and. How do you get the information? So we have an API where it pulls it, automatically pulls it from either A, the um, the 100 uh, media sources, dealing with like um, just the media we put on our uh, app, or B, we have the API where it pulls from the top of five government accredited sites to keep it, you know, legit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a team of guys that break down bills from there. That's really cool. And so just for listeners, if you haven't checked out the app, what he's saying is the media sites does not mean that that's where like the bill information is coming from. Yeah. That's where there's a media tab mm-hmm. where you can go and see media about politics exactly. and scroll through those because I certainly would not want there to be the confusion yeah. that you're pulling the pros and cons from the media. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it's too different because we're, we're essentially making this the one stop shop for all politics, whether it's information whether it's media, whether it's, you know, just any content, like, mm-hmm. so you don't have to go anywhere else. That, yeah, and it's it's really great. I'm excited to, I downloaded it recently, and I'm excited to continue to use it, especially, um, I don't know, as different things get announced and digging into things. Um, and I think it's a great sort of, I don't know, I've seen a few different things like this pop up. One of them that I also love that uses data um, is DeRay McKesson's site is mm-hmm. also really cool. Just showing the different laws around, um, I think it's like different laws specifically around um, and data surrounding police in mm-hmm. different states. And so it makes me super happy to see people leveraging technology this way and leveraging data this way mm-hmm. to tell a data-driven story mm-hmm. versus I think, you know, before when data wasn't, necessarily at everyone's fingertips via you know api like it is now a lot of the information we we received were you know something that the media would highlight Mm -hmm. which it's in the media's best interest and certainly you know to 
in a way, I'm like, yeah, can you fault them? Where it's like, it's in their best interest to tell a story that will get them paid. Exactly. So it's not in their best interest to share uh, non-riveting things that yeah. are also very important. <laughs> it's in their best interest to highlight an exception or to highlight this sort of like wild story that will hook people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I kind of view the uh do you remember in the 90s where it was like it felt like there was always a high-speed car pursuit yeah so i really do think that that is sort of what triggered the aha moment of like that people if you keep putting like fear-based sort of catching things on they'll stay tuned. tv they'll stay tuned yeah. like that's why the news stopped being just at five yeah and then when 9-11 happened that was like oh people will really stay in tune mm -hmm. if you know something bad happens and we keep putting it up uh, have you guys ever shared anything that you later realized you were incorrect about? And then how did you communicate that? Well, I have to say, um, probably when it was like a little glitch on the API, it pushed something out that didn't have um, all the votes of that bill just yet. Mm. So um, we had to just, just uh, our developers had to go in and actually change that. And Jay peeped it out since he's over just looking at all bills that get pushed out and all the information that's broken down on it. So he, he kind of caught that and uh, we were able to nip it in the bud. But that, you know, that was close to the beginning of the launch of, you know, well, the beginning of Politoscope where the, um, the, the tech wasn't as, as advanced as we have it now. So mm -hmm. we did though. Well, that's good. It's all good. And how have you uh, developed management skills? Because as your team grows, you know, obviously, like you said, similar to football, you're recognizing people have their own functions, but um, you're also in a place where it's like, I'm sure you recognize that the people that work at Politoscope also want to grow in their roles. So how do you manage like fostering a positive and safe environment to learn in? Well, we just, uh, it's, since we all kind of learning as we go, just because with this, this is a company that hasn't been made before. Like, it's really just having trust in each other, but at the same time, um, really just knowing who can really do, get the job done, and just be mature enough to let people know, like, look, I can't do this, or I can do this, and just go from there. Yeah. How are you guys approaching um, user acquisition with, like, I and I think of this largely because the type of people to download Politoscope mm -hmm probably are not the same people that desperately need Politoscope. Yeah. So Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like as, you know, and this is it's a study on it, but as people start getting into their mid to early 30s, you know, that's when people start looking, you know, for homes to buy. And it's uh, been proven that, you know, once you start searching for homes, you start getting interested in politics and what's going on. Why so, is that? I have no idea. I think probably because it's just a sense of responsibility. Mm. It's like, hmm, I have my own place now. Now I need to know about politics. What's going on? Yeah, this is what adults do. What's going on we, with my property? I think. We buy houses but, and, then we, <laughs> and we talk about politics. Right. I, I know some more technical reason behind it, and I'm sure my co-founder, Jacob, would be able to break it down to the T, but just that's just what I see from my perspective. But um, I don't know why it's... Um, why is, well, besides that, that, uh, that uh, opinion. But, yeah. Well, I mean, but how are you reaching, how are you reaching like, you know, like 
I think of college kids or even people who are past their 30s that like maybe there is some desire to know, but they just don't know that this exists. Mm-hmm. So how how have you thought about sort of like reaching those people? Well, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do of course you know uh, we got budget set aside for this upcoming fall to really just um, use you know my you know politoscope ambassadors we have for the uh, company like you know notable athletes, actors, entertainers, um, anybody who has you know the public eye to really start pushing, you know, pushing Politoscope in a way to get informed because people are looking for the tool. They just don't know where. And that's when Politoscope is going to, we're going to, you know, start revving up on just getting more exposure as far as just uh, with advertising, of course, but just really just tapping in just because people, I mean, it's, it's, we're in a time now where, you know, college kids want to know what's going on in politics just because of who's, who's our president and just the stuff that's going on. It's like, yo, like, need to know more about what's going on and becoming more politically vocal and i feel like that's just been a spark for everybody from high schools all the way up to people who are you know past their 30s who you know it's just like yo like this this is going on so let me know i i I need to know because right now it's ignorance is bliss and like that happiness won't be for long if people remain ignorant yeah, and if you're on the internet at all, your ignorance yeah. is not bliss. Like, it's being yes. thrown in your face all the time. All day. Which um, has been fascinating for me because my career has been, a large chunk of it has been focused on social strategy and, digi- mm-hmm. and like, you know, communities, online communities, basically. Mm-hmm. And to see that shift from, like, a very me-focused to a very um, people-focused different mm-hmm. type of thing where, like, it for a long time, the only content was about ourselves Mm -hmm. and it was even seen as like obnoxious a lot of times when you would talk about politics and now sort of the script has flipped where it's like you're irresponsible Mm -hmm. if you're not talking about that um and i've seen a lot of people call out people for going like oh i you know you say that you care about this thing or whatever Mm -hmm. but i scrolled through your feed and you've never posted anything about you know, whatever subject it may be, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so it, it's interesting to see that switch, and I, I agree with you, I think it's even, I mean, the New Yorker has one of, has, like, a world-renowned fact-checking department, mm-hmm. but if you talk to a lot of people, and they're not wrong, it is a liberal publication, mm-hmm. at the same time, they do have a world-renowned fact-checking department, so when you read something in there that is not an opinion piece, yeah. And if you're able to read something and strip out a writer's opinion on something and just read what they're saying, like when mm-hmm. they talk about data points and mm-hmm. when they talk about the conversations that they're having with people, that doesn't make it not accurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's really great to have something that is not, because what you're doing is not media coverage, yeah. which is, I think, a, a format that wasn't previously provided outside of a voter guide. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to cover about Politoscope or that you feel like you would like people to know either about the Politoscope or like advice you would like to impart? I definitely would first say, you know, um, always just go after what you believe in, even though it sounds super basic. I mean, it's, it's the truth. There's a reason people say it a lot. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's a reason everybody says it all the time, but just cause like, if you have an idea, if you have a vision, like you should go for it. And I feel like in times of crisis, some of the most greatest ideas have came because of the pressure that's been put on themselves or humanity. And it's like, uh, it's, it's a lot of great things being created right now. So if you have a great idea, 
that feel that can not only help yourself, but, you know, help millions and billions of people go forth and create it and just have a strategic way of going about it. Don't just quit your day job and just go fully into it. Definitely have a strategy and make sure there's a, you know, set a laid out plan to execute. But um, definitely as far as Politiscope, like we, we um, have a lot of dope things coming up that I'll be excited to, you know, share to everybody pretty soon. Okay. But it's, um, it's a lot going on. Definitely go download, support, tell your friends. Like we're really trying to make this that one-stop shop for all politics. So you don't have to get on Google and dread having to look up all this information <laughs> and just going all over, going down a rabbit hole when we can guide you down the rabbit hole and you can make your choices from there. People should tell their families, like, because you know, so many families bring up this stuff at Thanksgiving. Oh, like, yeah. Somebody's grandpa has of an course. opinion. Of course. Like, let's get on Politiscope, Dan. Then you type yeah. in a bill, you type in a whatever, and it just comes <laughs> up. And that's I, what that's that's what we're making it for Thanksgiving conversations, shoot a uh, coffee table conversations. That's so like, good. I want to make like a game out of it. Um, yeah, it would I'm be sure, such yeah, a. That, that would be pretty dope. It'd <laughs> be very fun. Um, okay, well, then. I think I give you a heads up that the last question is always what would you want to hear a future episode on in terms mm-hmm. of like a behind the scenes conversation? Hmm. I'm trying to see because my mind is all over the place. Just That's think about all it. All right. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, I don't know why, just the first thing that's coming in my mind is like, a behind the scenes like rock band interview really i don't know it's, it's super random but it's anyone like, in particular i don't know i'm thinking uh and not necessarily rock more so just a, a band in itself so i'm i'm thinking uh the internet i don't know if you heard of oh it. of course i have yeah so, it is amazing yeah definitely uh Definitely would love to hear behind the This scenes is a interview. great excuse for me to email them. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like there was some sort of uh, I don't know, like transcendental meditation meeting of mm. you going like, Oh great, I'll I'll ask for that. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> so you can have a non selfish excuse to yeah. ask. <laughs> and what kind of questions do you want? Like what kind of questions would you want to hear them answer? Just the norm. There's the normal questions they probably act here. I mean, hear all the time. Like, just what inspires you? What, what, what's your muse? Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, what attracts you to a beat, or just a, a sound to create? And how are you able to create on so many different? Just create a, a sound that's just like, it's super. It's just different. It's really unique. Like sonically, yeah, so, their yeah. music is really unique, and I think. I think it's their, at least one producer that they've worked with, or maybe it is their producer, if I remember correctly, and uh, please, internet, yell at me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> as if as if I had a choice in that matter, but um, I think that they make them mostly on their phone in terms of, like, the beats oh, for their music, that was, that's... which is even more upsetting in terms of just, like, oh, it's, like, highly acceptable. But, but it's dope because they, they all play they all play instruments yeah too, so it's like it's a dope that would be a dope com- combination magical. for sure but they definitely emulate uh n-e-r-d a little bit yeah agreed but a more just uh laid back version yes a, like slowed down significantly exactly yeah that's awesome was there another one because i feel like you seemed uh you seemed like torn on which one to I was, choose I was you just really in, i was just in deep thought and like um uh, 
I thought about Kiss interview, but that was just... Oh, like, like the band? <laughs> yeah. But it was just like super off the wall just because like I'm I'm pretty sure I already know how their conversations are just often. <laughs> my face a, right now, Walter's laughing because my face is like a very just surprised. Yeah, Not surprised, just... <laughs> but more like my face imagining me talking to Kiss yeah. is more of where my, <laughs> my like face of perplexedness uh, comes I, from. I'd rather hear the internet though than... I agree. I think that Kiss has been heard plenty. We've seen enough coverage of Kiss to last a lifetime. And, I mean, I just think that Kiss is, like, fun and exciting. And I think that, I mean, they did bands like that. They could ride their merch money forever. (laughs) For real. Like, they need not have anyone stream their music Mm. or make more music or anything. Mm. And I think that... Um, one of the most fascinating things to me about Odd Future in general, because it's not dissimilar in terms of merchandise. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I imagine most of Bad Brains money, Black Flag, like a lot of bands, mm-hmm. like Kiss and Metallica as well, a lot of their money comes from merch. And one thing that I thought was insane was, because I've seen Tyler like multiple times, um, like both at house parties and then on tour. So I've seen yeah. him in like various settings. And I went to... It wasn't the Travis Scott tour. It was, I think it was just an Odd Future tour. I can't remember. Maybe it was a solo Tyler tour. I think it was just Tyler. But I went Mm -hmm. to their show in Seattle. And I, at the time, was uh, doing work with Starbucks. And so I was at Starbucks and I had to go past where the show was to get Mm -hmm. to my apartment. And the line was insane. And as it turns out, if I assess the situation correctly, is that kids were lining up um, to then go see Tyler's cartoon play at the movie theater. Mm. And then they were coming back to the show. But then what was the craziest thing to me was like, not only did he have two sets that night, which they did the same thing on the Travis Scott tour where they had like an early one and a late one. Mm -hmm. I imagine partially because their audience is like, you know, 15 (laughs) to 25 and massive. But then when I was, because I was there shooting that show and everybody, I swear to you, everybody was like in brand new, like both had worn Odd Future merch that they already owned and then bought new Odd Future merch. <laughs> wow. And when you're, so that is in fact the, I mean, that's also how artist managers get paid because tour managers managers get paid from tickets. Mm-hmm. Artist managers get paid from merch sales. Mm-hmm. So like if you're their manager, like the majority of your money is coming from the fact that they're selling, like, socks, backpacks, sweatshirts, t-shirts, and then that's, like, they're, like, probably quadrupling their income every single date because of merch. I agree, and that's crazy. I didn't even think of it from that perspective just because they, like, look, we want Travis Scott mugs, Travis Scott bookcases, just everything. Everything. And now just being creative, just having having somebody just create a, a clothing line kind of you know. that's also like very good yeah because it is worth the investment because there's many there's many bands that i'm like oh i'd like to buy a shirt just to give you money and support you but i hate your shirts yeah like i don't know how to <laughs> contend with that like right. i don't it's want just, that it's ugly yeah it's just not my style or whatever and in, i learned in a study a while ago that the majority of playboys money comes from merchandise sales overseas wow isn't that's, that crazy that is crazy mostly in like the apac region mm. like mm. mostly china wow yeah playboy food for thought yep awesome well thank you so much for being on i really appreciate your time thank you for having me 
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of BTS Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that. Please do subscribe, rate, and review, and follow myself, BTS Podcast, Walter, and Politoscope on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you're at on social media. Um, Walter is at speedkills9 on Instagram. You can also just look up Walter Powell, which is uh, probably the easier way to find him. There are links to all of these in the description of this episode. You can follow Politoscope at Politoscope app on Instagram. Find me at at Lene Cook, and please do follow the podcast. And um, if you are quoting anything from this or learned anything, it would be so awesome if you shared it via social media and tagged us. That sort of thing is just really helpful and greatly appreciated. Thank you again. Music on this podcast is by Benjamin Batherum, and I hope you have a lovely day.